Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up? Welcome to Comic Book Nation and this very special bonus round episode where we are talking about one thing and one thing only, and that is Netflix's One Piece live action series. As we drop this bonus episode, One Piece has been on Netflix for about a day or two, but that didn't stop us from blazing through it and getting through a lot of it. I mean, truth be told, we got the benefit of getting some of the screeners early, some of us, but it seems like people are blowing through it even if they are just catching it during its live debut on Netflix. And so we've brought in one of our comicbook.com anime experts to help us delve into this, quite possibly the only person on this show who has actually jumped into One Piece with both feet. Mr. Evan Valentine is back with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Kofi. Thanks for having me, Matt. Really, really great to be here. Let's all celebrate One Piece. Yeah, <laughs> thank, comic thank book God anime has been good. over there eating for the last <laughs> week. You guys have just been, this is like, this is your great revolution. I mean... Not only is it One Piece something you guys have been, you know, covering, uh, and I was telling on the regular show we just did, be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation and, and go check that out if you're just coming to check out our One Piece episode right now. Uh, we're on your favorite podcast platforms and our YouTube page, which is comic book, all one word, dash nation. Um, but as we were saying on our regular show today, I've been an anime fan since the early 90s. Like, I mean, I was there for the Akiras and the Ghost in the Shells and the um, Ninja Scrolls of it all back in the day and the Street Fighter. And so that got me then. And I followed most of these series. One Piece has been the exception. One Piece, because I got into it, I took a break when I went to college in the early 2000s. I was just kind of like not feeling anime at the time. The kind of styles they were doing, it was more of this kind of like ADHD anime that kind of sprung up for all the Ridlin kids in the early 2000s. And I didn't get into One Piece. I missed Naruto. I missed One Piece. I was still on Dragon Ball. But then in the 2010s, stuff started to blow up as Attack of Titan came out, as things like My Hero Academia started being, as Death Note became big. All of these things became big. And I was like, oh, I'm back in again. So then I kind of went back and I was looking at everything that happened during the 2000s. And I was like, okay, Dragon Ball, I'm covered. I got that. I was like, Naruto, it's going to be a commitment. But that was the one I jumped into and was like, I'll do this and do ship it in and do all that. One piece I looked at and was like, bro, I'm not doing it. Guys, this is too long. It's too crazy. I started reading some of the lore. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. So I refused. And I was like, even working with comic book anime and helping to build that for many years now, like, I was just, I was like, guys, I will help you build this section. I will not help you build One Piece. Like, Megan, <laughs> Evan, Nick, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, you guys are on your own for that one. And so my review of this was kind of, it's been miraculous for me because this is the first time I've really, really enjoyed a live action anime adaptation. And it's something extra special because it has literally pulled me into now going in and wanting to be part of the One Piece world. Like I'm jumping into the anime anime and manga, like uh, where the season one of this show stops. I'm trying to catch up. It's going to take me forever, but I'm, I'm happy to have the content right now. And so I, I'm going to get into this. And so that is a feat for me. 
Um, <laughs> but I've already said enough about this. I want to know, Evan, because like I said, you and the other members of kind of team anime over here on Comic Book, it's been really interesting if you guys are hardcore fans to hear what you guys think of this series. So why don't we get just a little primer down about how, how you're coming at this? Sure. So, um, and I was talking with Matt a little bit about this earlier, but um, it's no secret amongst the anime community that live action adaptations typically don't work. I think that there's some things about anime in general that is really difficult to bring to live action. And there have been examples in the past, such as Dragon Ball Evolution or Attack on Titan or Death Note, yeah. where they tried to make something work for it. And it just didn't. And so it's actually funny, I not to interrupt you, but I just wrote this article mm -hmm. for for the anime page uh, right before we walked in here and I broke it down. It was like, why? Why this is the one we deserve it. I broke it down to three yep. things that they typically do that have gone hardly wrong. Either they try to take some wild new take on the material to make it an ad and say, oh, it's just a loose adaptation. And then you get mm -hmm. something like Dragon Ball Evolution. Let's never yeah. do that. <laughs> Or you've seen Hollywood try to take the Eastern stuff, transport it to a Western setting, do it over again as if it were a Hollywood thing or story, and you get Death Note Netflix, which at best was divisive, at worst was like major backlash, or you get these kind of hollow mimicry creations where, yeah, that's the thing, but the soul is missing. It's just kind of pantomiming the actual series. And that's where you get like, um, what you might call it, Cowboy Bebop, which again, Netflix yeah. tried and it didn't hit. And it wasn't that it was terrible. It just mm -hmm. was, it was recreating Cowboy Bebop without any real soul to it, right? Yeah, Cow Cowboy Bebop in general is so beloved. Like arguably more so than One Piece, I think. I'll probably get <laughs> raked over the coals for saying that, but like, yeah, Cowboy Bebop in general, and it's it's unfortunate that it wasn't able to, but I think that one of the things, and this is this is kind of a good way to roll into why One Piece specifically was able to work, whereas something like Cowboy Bebop wasn't, is that um when it comes to everyone on board this project, and we did, we've we here at comicbook.com have done a lot of research and a lot of writing about you know, the production of this and the post-production and everything like that. And the creators, the showrunners, the sound designers, the actors, they all love the original story. They all love the original franchise. And the original creator of One Piece himself, his name is um, Ichiro Oda, was actually working as the executive producer on this show so that whenever they had to make any decisions in terms of things that they would change um, in terms of how they would film specific scenes, they had to get his approval on it so that whenever they would, they would show him things, he would review it. And then he would say, okay, like, I like that, but here's a couple of changes that I think should be made before you move forward with it. And I think that what they've been able to do with this, what makes one piece work so well on Netflix is that they're able to take the, um, the source material, uh, kind of condense it down, make some changes when necessary, but keep the heart of the original story and the characters like in place and sell it to a generation of viewers who don't know about the original story. They don't know about, yeah, Matt, <laughs> Matt, for example, <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's, 
one of, I'm so excited to see folks like Matt um, watch the show and fall in love with it and fall in love with these characters. And I think that anime fans in general are getting a really, a really big kick out of that. Being able to see folks like Luffy and Usopp and Zoro um, and Buggy become like household names. Like it is wild that Buggy works in live action. Probably the one of the weirdest characters, like, and there's a lot of weird characters in One Piece, but having like a killer clown who could detach all his body parts and launch them at people while making that cool and menacing at the same time is like, wow, that's that's kind of mind blowing. So yeah. And it's our boy Zeke from Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah. Uh Jeff Ward yeah. uh, does an amazing job of kind of um That's uh, him? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's Zeke Jeff from Ward. Agents of Shield. <laughs> that's wow. Zach Ward, yeah. I mean, um, he was so he, good that he, did, he was like the one person that kind of got himself bumped up on that show to be like a regular, even though he was like doing a guest in. So he's been killing it. Oh, and yeah, as soon as I heard him, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, I know this. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, Zeke. <laughs> he he does an exceptional job because, um, you know, with with One Piece going for 20 plus years, all of these characters have continued to be kind of fleshed out. And Buggy is a perfect example of this really weird character that has continued to fail upwards. Like he just in the series, he keeps getting notoriety and things delivered unto him that he does not deserve. And it's great to see that character brought to life and they like understand what makes him tick. I think that's really like this show works so well in placating uh fans of the original series as well as new fans so it's really it's just fantastic to see yeah i was gonna ask you are there as a fan who who like because it's interesting we've been talking about this parallel with like ahsoka right so watching ahsoka and there's like Mm -hmm. two levels of watching star wars ahsoka it's like here on the show we have a lot of people who are just kind of mainstream fans they're watching ahsoka and they're assessing it i'm watching it as like a rebels fan a hardcore star wars rebels fan and there's just moments in in the show that other people don't necessarily get that i'm like <gasps> like dramatic pauses or just like little kind of dram- or uh, dramatic irony head nods to things that happen in rebels how is this for you as somebody who's like a longtime one piece fan does this show have like another level of entertainment for you with some of like the easter eggs or head nods mm-hmm. or things like that maybe a mainstream viewer won't pick up on Yes. Um, and actually, so that's that's a great question in terms of it's a good lead way into kind of what this season covers initially. So this season covers what's called the East Blue Saga, um, which is the equivalent of like, I want to say 60 to 70 episodes of the anime. And what it does is that obviously they're not able to hit everything. They only have eight hours to kind of try to cover as much as they can. Um, But there are a number of different things that they were able to have like as Easter eggs. And again, I'll go back to buggy. There's one scene specifically where buggy loses his upper torso and you only see his head on top of like his feet and his arms. Yeah. Um, He looks, he looks kind of like Mr. Potato head. Well, in the anime, he's like that for, I want to say like 10 episodes. Oh yeah. Um, Just starting the anime now. And that's where I'm picking up is, where he Luffy knocked him onto like some island, and there's like a whole bottle episode yeah. of him 
as a shrunken potato head trying to get off this island. And it's like an entire yeah. episode. <laughs> and that's where and I knew so, I started the anime That's like there, an example like, of one thing that they were um, able to do. Like, obviously, you can't have, you only have eight episodes. You can't have an eight, one eighth of your series focused on Buggy. <laughs> sure. On a, <laughs> in the sure future, maybe we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's, there's so much stuff in terms of like Easter eggs and um, characters that they couldn't. There's um, a character named Don Krieg, who um, if you all and I, I don't know, Matt, if you got far enough to meet Mihawk yet. But, I watched um, the all eight. Yeah. I watched oh, you, you saw all eight. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. all um, in. Uh, right here, we both did the whole thing. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Um, me, Mihawk uh, fights a character before he even encounters the Straw Hats who um his name's don krieg he fights luffy um and his crew for a couple of episodes in the original anime clearly like they had to make decisions as to which characters could and couldn't be featured so at least they took the time to be like okay well we can't devote like an entire episode we have to like you know keep we have to introduce all of the straw hat pirates and everything but we will throw in something for the fans that's like we didn't forget we haven't he looks exactly like he does uh in the original anime um and here he is for you know for old fans i think that like the fact that it's so great to see that um all of the actors who portray the straw hats i think they just they all got the assignment yeah. each and every single oh, one yeah. they understand their characters they do a great job at bringing them to life um they're likable um they're uh amicable um and you just want to see them on the high seas and like go on adventures and stuff like that and so like i think that that's one of the things that this show has been really able to do so well is that it's been able to capture the heart of these characters and the heart of what made the series as big as it is um in japan and around the world so far yeah, I think the chemistry between the cast is just phenomenal because it wouldn't work if even one of them wasn't in it. But like the four straw hat or five by the time Sanjay comes in. But like, yeah, the straw hats themselves, like one of my favorite scenes in this whole eight episode run was when Zoro, when they're in the restaurant and, you know, Luffy's trying to work off his thing and Zoro and Nami are just sitting there playing a drinking game together and like trying yeah. to get to know each other. And it's like, guess who I am? That kind of thing. And I would watch just entire episodes of them trying to function together as a group and like yep. having disagreements, somebody like spazzing out and running off, getting into some kind of situation and them having to help come together again and help each other out. Like I could watch that alone because all four or five of those actors are so into their characters and so good and their banter with each other is so good. Like, yeah. Yeah, Mac and you is really good as Zoro. And finally, if you don't know, that's the son of Sonny Chiba right there. Yes, yes. Uh, that that's that's totally worth noting. I think that um, I love all of the young actors, but I will say that I do think that Mac and you is my MVP. I think that he was able to like create a performance that is arguably better than the source material. Oh, and no, I know that's yeah, like I, blasphemy after, for oh, some he's people. Like after the, a couple so episodes, the Scarlet yeah. Witch 
of One Piece. <laughs> no, no, seriously, that's not a joke. He's, he's One Piece of Scarlet Witch. There yeah, we go. Because <laughs> I wanted to get into this about the changes, but and like, are there improvements? But no, I watched Zoro in. Uh, I'm in, like I said, I'm a couple episodes after this season ends in the anime, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a very different Zoro. Zoro in the in the anime is more like a Wolverine. She's just kind of like angry yep. all the time. And he's like willing to fight people all the time, which is kind of a fun foil to Luffy, who's like positive and like all of that. But um, mm-hmm. I liked him in this as kind of like the disaffected drinker and like all of that, because then you begin to learn more of his layers and find out, oh, no, he does have like a lot of heart. He, he knows loyalty and, and kind of yeah. friendship and all these things. It's just that he's kind of turned that side of himself off. But yeah. seeing him kind of slowly warm up to this group after being so kind of disaffected and, and all of that. And his first scene with, oh, they should have sent like number seven or something like that after me. Or like that was, he was, well, I think, whole, one of the most dynamic um, arcs in here that I loved. His whole scene in the, I can't remember if it's episode three or four, um, the his whole episode down in the pit. Like, yeah. when, and they go to do the flashbacks and like he's, they they do such a good job that also like man they cast like the perfect young actor too like mm-hmm. the casting in this is impeccable oh, they yeah. cast so well across the board but like that whole back and forth and and that you learn the meaning of the sword you learn why he has like all of that stuff is done so well and i and i'll also give pro- i i agree with you wholeheartedly i think the cast um, and I want to say his name right uh, is it Inaki uh, Inaki who plays Luffy Inaki I- Inaki Godoy okay mm-hmm. he plays is like magnificent he's so charming and you can understand you know you have a lot of like projects like this where there's a character that's supposed to be the the grounding like drawing presence and and you sometimes you leave it and go i i would never follow him i i left this and go oh i would absolutely follow him into like a cave that was on fire (laughs) with like (laughs) with like a dragon coming out um you know emily rudd too like Mm -hmm. nami's like that that character is so well done. I, I, and I don't know, I don't have the history. Like I don't yep. have the characters, what they're supposed to be. So they just kind of have to draw me in on their own. And I just, I agree with Kofi wholeheartedly. Uh, the, the scene on the, when they first get the ship and they're just joking around and like, you know, Aesop's like getting popcorn and then like, uh, they're just over on the thing and they're just watching and laughing. I could watch a whole episode of just them interacting. You know, uh, and like uh, when they get the when they get the ship, the right, you know, the way that Luffy wants to get it. And like he has that stare over and she's like, oh, my God, like all those little interactions. <laughs> like I just like I want all of those. I want I want so much more. I yeah, the cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Nothing bad. Oh, sorry. I was doing some kind of research. I had <laughs> no idea that the kid who plays Kobe is the kid from Evil Dead Rise. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild because uh, one of the things that especially is very, it was very shocking to me. And and to to go back really quickly, because this is kind of like the idea of like things in the anime working in real life. Like when I saw, when they originally like showed footage from um, One Piece and Netflix is One Piece, seeing... Zoro put a sword in his mouth like I was like could that really work like will people buy that in real life because in the anime like it looks cool but like if he's fighting people and he has the hilt of a sword in his mouth like are will people buy that and like they do they did uh it's it works pretty well but um the 
the what makes one piece work so well and it, it's it's similar to how like marvel and dc operate in their comic book universes is that one piece is this living breathing universe where they have all of these hundreds if not thousands of characters that are growing and developing and they're bouncing off each other and one of the things that they smartly did in this was that uh as you said they introduced kobe who uh was a good way of presenting the military and the the navy of the world government which is this big part of one piece and for now it seems not as big as it is for the without going into any spoilers but like it being introduced to Garp and um, Helmeppo and uh, uh, Kobe in general, they were um, they're able to kind of branch out and show that, like, yes, we're fo- we're following the Straw Hat Pirates, but there is this huge world outside of um, their ship. And they're going to encounter like so much more. And like, yeah, they're evil pirates that they will fight, but there's all these different moving pieces. And um, the show does an exceptional job, even though they're not able to show like everything from it. They're able to do a great job of kind of, you know, laying the groundwork. I think that like, especially if you look uh, going back to like the Easter eggs and everything, if you look, um, I think it's in either episode one or episode two, where they're looking at all the wanted posters. Um, Those are all like all of those are characters that will appear if this series marches on and gets like more seasons in the future um so yeah being able to just see stuff like that and see it in live action is just so cool and they really nailed that they hammered home that part of the series and you know god bless them for doing it yeah vincent (laughs) reagan as garp was surprising and there were certain things they did in this show that i was surprised worked like you said they committed to the anime of it all and i was surprised Mm -hmm. how much that worked because it is a world, and so you buy it because the rules of this world seem to support it. But just from the stretch, I mean, stretching, which we talk about, yep. Marvel has been kept up at night, like figuring out how to do stretching. <laughs> and One Piece is like, yeah, we're just going for it. Like, we're making a they rubber guy. They nailed it. Yeah. It was so good. And we're just doing a new mm-hmm. rubber guy, and that's how we're going to do it. Um, but like, there was a part where I was like, okay, they are going anime, anime, where it's like Kobe's listening to Garp in one scene. And he kind of tells him the thing about like how Luffy's kind of outwitted him or something. And they cut away and you don't see him, but you see him off panel. You hear him like having a tantrum and you see all the papers flying and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that is just like an anime cartoon scene come to life in live action. And I can't believe they took the time to just stick this in here. But it it makes all the difference <laughs> in the world because it's silly. It's animated and it, and it supports the kind of themes and tone of this world. And mm-hmm. like I said, like you said, my first thought for all of five seconds was a guy put a sword in his mouth and I was like, how can you really strike that hard with a sword in your mouth and not drop it? <laughs> and I'm like thinking about how bad it would hurt my teeth. And then, but like once the fight started, I was just like, I, you know, my brain fell away and I just accepted it as again, the rules of this obviously silly heightened anime world. Like I was like, okay, like a guy can fight with three swords with one in his mouth. And I believe that. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the duel between Zoro and Mihawk is like, I mean, that was really dope. I was just like, mm-hmm. in Mihawks, I mean, just simple things you see in anime again. Like one of the most gift scenes I've seen from this is the episode where Mihawk makes his first appearance and you said Don Krieger, and they have that Easter egg. But there's a point where he just takes a bullet or a ship's cannon shell and knocks it back and just destroys an entire ship with his yeah. like sword with a blow from his sword. 
which again, looks great anime, but can look really stupid in live action, but looks so dope here. And I was just like, oh, instantly let you know, oh, this guy's a badass. And like, yeah. So yeah, I love that they just embraced, like just embraced the kind of the wild absurdity of this world. And like Mm -hmm. good on Matt Owens and Steve Maeda, the showrunners for doing that because it made it made it fun. Like I said, we saw things like we've seen hollow recreations where they actually do mimic or recreate scenes, but it just doesn't have the soul or the spirit. Like I yep. thought Cowboy Bebop was an excellent recreation of Cowboy Bebop, but I don't think they ever truly understood, you know, the soul, the music, the jazz. I mean, yeah. soul is a big part of that series through the music and through the style that it created and what jazz means to that kind of series. And I don't think they ever got that or they didn't Mm -hmm. think they could give it to an audience and make it mainstream palatable, but this kind of gets it. And I was, I was really, really like just impressed by how each step, because sometimes in a Netflix series, you know, you can get to episodes where things begin to drag, right? But this had no drag to it. Like every time there was an episode, there's something interesting, like whether it's just the initial kind of Luffy and them meeting and having to get away from the Marines and do all of that and have that first fight together where they realize they work well together to the whole kind of the horror themes as Janelle was saying in the regular show. Then you have this shift into like a more of a horror themed couple episode arc with the black cat pirates and that whole mystery mm-hmm. of, you know, Kira and all that and where they meet Aesop or uh, that whole thing. I'm saying some of these names wrong. I forget Usopp. Aesop told mm-hmm. fables um, <laughs> and with Usopp and like that whole thing. And then you get into this kind of almost like Star trek racial allegory thing with the fishmen who are obviously mm-hmm. black dudes. I was kind of like, you walk the line one piece, but I'm gonna give you a pass with this one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, with the fish people and that whole allegory and, and, and that whole fight. But there was no drag to this. Like all of mm-hmm. it was good. And all of those stories managed to have like substantial heart for all of these characters right whether it's like matt said like while we're in the midst of a horror theme thing you get this really deep emotional backstory for zorro in the well of him just trying to you know dark knight rises it out of that well and get you know i uh, screaming deshi basara for him but um yeah or during <laughs> a, like another horror theme part where you begin to learn kind of about like usap and like his feelings for kieran like whatever's going on there mm-hmm. Or to Nami's story, which, you know, her being such a hard ass throughout most of this and finding out she actually does have like a heart of gold and all of that, like well balanced and no drag to a single episode I can think of. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, I've also forgot Bumpy and um, all that stuff that happened with him. So, yeah. (laughs) Buggy. (laughs) I I agree. I think they they nailed the like they just it was eight crisp episodes. Like, yes, I want more, but that's because I want, you know, I want more. I want season two. But as far as coming in and, you know, we talk about this with Disney Plus shows all the time of like, there's not enough. You don't have enough episodes to do what you need to do. And then other shows, well, it's too many episodes. Like, I thought this was the perfect balance. Like, they hit eight. They made eight hit with impact. And then they went, all right, good. Like, if and if this doesn't get you in, you're not, I don't think you're, I don't think you're in. You know what I mean? I don't think 10 more episodes is going to get you in. Like, that's a perfect <laughs> starting size. And, uh, you know, I, I also, man, I, props to the, you know, like Kofi said, like the stretching was great. But then, like, mm-hmm. there's just genuine moments of, and I don't know what the creature's name is, 
but the creature that takes the arm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That creature like legit looks terrifying at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's a terrifying. Somebody right scared of the ocean. The yeah, that's yeah, a terrifying that scene. Was a holy cow. They, they did that so well. Um, so, like, they pull off the big and the grand, and then they pull off the small. You know, I was telling Evan right before we, we got on here, I was watching this. The first four episodes I watched with Anissa, like, right here in the other room. And so I kept making, with my headphones on, on my computer, so I kept making reactions. Like, oh, and then she would be like, what? What's wrong? Like, oh, nothing. I'm just watching, watching the show, right? But the first time Luffy does the headbutt where he stretches. And he stretches for the head, but I like lost my mind over there. I, I like, saw it coming. Oh, I was God, like, oh, so cool. I was like, is he going to head so cool. And I was like, oh, you don't man. see that. Yeah. Reed anyway. Richards is not built like that. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so good. And like when they're hiding all of, um, you know, when they're hiding all Boogie's parts in the, in the chests and the little things, it's so ludicrous. Like the idea, but you buy it because they do such a good job. And he's just like, hey. Hey, like stop, like stop putting on. <laughs> I was laughing hysterically through this awesome fight scene because there's also awesome fight scenes, you know. Uh, the whole scene in the house on the staircase mm-hmm. with Zoro, like that whole scene rules. And there's a dude dressed as in half a cat mask, yeah, and like <laughs> that, fighting and a cook. And then the girl's like hitting, and like he's just looking like such a badass. Like you buy all of it because it's just so. Well done, and I just, man, I can't say enough about the shows. <laughs> yeah, it's made me appreciate Oda's storytelling. Like, there is, mm-hmm. I like how this starts, and it seems so small in the beginning. It's just a simple quest, right? Yeah. Plucky hero has his dream, he's going to fulfill, and he's setting out to do it. Like, get a crew, get a ship, and it seems simple. But they keep giving you sketches throughout that this is, that you're basically in media race. Like, there's been so much that already happened. And there are like, when Zeph is having a meal with with uh, with Garp and they're referencing all these things that let you mm-hmm. already know, like we could already be in a prequel series with this, like yeah. because they've had their generation of pirates and they've all ended up and you get the sense that not everybody ended up where you think they did. Like Garp could have easily been like one of the worst pirates. I don't know that, I'm not trying to spoil, I'm just saying. Like there's just already sketches like this dude could have been one of the worst pirates back in the day. Zeph was obviously this crazy pirate who then just nobody was like, oh, you're just a you're you're really just running a restaurant now. And he's like, yeah, and like that whole thing. (laughs) And it's like you get these sketches without overpowering the story that you are in the midst of something that has a long history around it already. And like you said, that more of this history is going to come in and there are all these unexpected things because at the end of like, I think it was the second episode when he sees Garp and he's like, Grandpa? Like, I had no idea that was coming. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and then like you find out, yeah, they have history and there's this whole un- un- unexpected side to Luffy where, you know, Garp tried to put him on the line of of kind of law order and Luffy was like, hell no. And like kind of rebelled against that. And yeah, and so I, I'm already intrigued about what other surprises there are, what other twists there are. You know, there's clear road to power-ups and all kinds of stuff like that. And so there, the world has sucked me in. Like, and I, I think I never understood how much, as somebody who's experienced a lot of dumbass lore in anime, like Dragon Ball, <laughs> I'm sorry, like... <laughs> That has to be kind of like retconned. Even Naruto, to a certain point in Boruto, they've I feel like they've gotten more of that right that lore right about like Otsusuki and all that is more interesting now 
in Boruto mm-hmm. than when it was in like Shippuden and it was kind of messy. But mm-hmm. the 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 lore and the storytelling quality of this is is so apparent. And and like, yeah, I'm really just invested in this world now and this history. And like I said, the surprises and who is who and what is what, and it's not what we think. And I like that a lot. And and fingers crossed that this gets a second season. Nobody knows yet. Um they will get weirder <laughs> in some I was I was telling Matt if you haven't heard of a character named Tony Tony Chopper before uh feel free to look up what he looks like um he will most likely make an appearance as well as um most likely Jamie Lee Curtis uh Jamie Lee Curtis is a giant one piece fan desperately wants to be a part of this show and her character that she wants to be actually would appear next season um, but they also, without giving away any spoilers, this does have a post credit scene for a character that would be a big part of a season two that would happen. But, um, like you were saying, Kofi, this, this world that Oda created is just so massive and it will just continue to expand outright if they want to keep, you know, going forward with the live action version, it's going to be really weird to um if you're just a fan of this uh feel free to look up luffy's gears uh when you (laughs) on google just type that into google and see what the future holds for our straw hat boy um because imagining some of that in live action um would be mind-blowing in general um i'm i'm excited to see what the future holds and whether or not this is going to blow up in a way that we're going to get more seasons of this moving forward. I certainly hope we do. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be another subject that (laughs) it actually was the grenade in our, in our uh, one piece review and our non-spoiler review, which was, Holy cow. uh, Yeah. Oh, that was a big one. So I just Googled. Luffy's gear. <laughs> oh, I just did Tony Tony Chopper. I was just like, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, that's like, a that's the best reaction to it. It's- yeah. Yeah, Tony Tony Chopper is is something. <laughs> yeah, You're going to need is- a lot of CG. Without going into any spoilers, a lot of computer generated animation will be need to, will need it to be used in season 2 should it happen. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. There's uh, the world of One Piece is wild. Yeah, and I just there's looked a lot up of Luffy stuff that Gear they didn't five, cover. And that's that's pretty intense. <laughs> this is gonna be nuts. All right. Oh, right, let's go. But the thing that happened <laughs> in our regular show was our, our co-host Connor Casey, who liked this series, was probably one of the most cynical rants I've ever heard, but not wrong. He was like, he liked it, but he refuses to get invested in this because he th- he knows Netflix and he knows how much Netflix loves to give the ax to yeah. things, right? We're in the middle of things. And he says, there is no way that we will ever get to the real meat and potatoes of One Piece. Not the time skip, not some, uh, maybe not even the grand line stuff. Like, like it, it's the, the um, arguably the best arc where everything smashes together is called the Marineford, uh, Marineford, Marineford arc. Um, and that happens. I would say that would take another four seasons of the live action series. Like if we were lucky to hit that point, but like, if they wanted to hit like 
this, like I said earlier in the show, this first season covers maybe 60 to 70 episodes. Yeah, it might even be higher. I think we're the anime. And there's 1,100 right now. And that's not even up to the manga, right? Oh, yeah, no. And the manga's further along than the anime is. So it would just be like, you know, if they wanted to hit, I. I have to imagine, and it's, it's, I agree with Connor in a sense, because it is kind of, it's a crappy way to look at it. It's in terms of like, you, you kind of have to be cynical in that regard, because like, this has to be successful enough that it's able to buck the trend that Netflix has when it comes to like, going into this, I thought initially that one piece has to hit um, the levels of like Wednesday or squid game to like become big enough that we would like even maybe potentially get a second season. I don't know if it's going to hit that level or not. It's like seeing, seeing the responses to the show makes me believe that like, maybe it's maybe we are going to hit that and that maybe we will be able to continue moving on. This could be Netflix's next big thing. Like, hey, Stranger Things is about to end. Yeah. And there's a lot of One Piece to (laughs) bring into the... So my my biggest issue with that is the thought that... Because as someone who has has read a lot of comics and a lot of series uh, and watched a lot of shows that end prematurely, even (laughs) if they have multiple seasons... um, I am not of, of the belief that you need to, and also this this comes credit to someone who isn't uh, as familiar with all the history stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm quite excited to see what's next. But yeah. if we get three seasons and then that other stuff never happens, but I have three great seasons of a show, I'm not the one that says it wasn't worth my time to invest in it because we didn't get 90 seasons. Yeah, I still got three seasons. I don't understand that mentality. That mentality and- to me is you're going to rob yourself of a lot of great things because not everything lasts. That's why those things are in rarefied air. And so you're going to rob yourself of all the enjoyment of something that's really good. Also, you're part of the problem because you're not watching it anyway. <laughs> so you're part of the problem anyway because you're not investing which means you're not going to buy all the stuff contributing to the making of more seasons. But that's even a sidebar. Like to me, I just don't get that mindset. Otherwise, I would literally half the things I cover, I would not care about anymore yeah. because they've all had problems. Every franchise and every company is like has issues. So like I would never invest in anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like I don't, it's a, to me, that just doesn't like that never holds weight to me. Cause, and you're just like robbing yourself. of. Yeah. Also stuff. like, you got to remember, like taking my own experience and, and kind of using it as an example, like you don't have to deliver all seasons of Netflix or of One Piece in live action. If you get three, just close it up as a good arc to three. Yeah. Say they mm-hmm. sailed off mm-hmm. they continue searching and then point people to where they can jump in or just have yeah. Netflix, which also is streaming One Piece anime right now. Just have the series end and load up the first anime episode that people can continue with and go from there because this just needs to be a springboard. Those early anime seasons are from so long ago that the look of them is dated. Like it's, it's harder, but as you get up to the more modern age of it, it's going to change. It's going to look better. It's going to feel better. And it's going to be easier to jump off of live action and go into the anime. So I don't need this to cover all the seasons. It's already done the job of getting me into the anime, but if I get three 
seasons of this as somebody who doesn't watch anime and I like it so much and I find out it ends, but I know that I can continue in this world by just going to the anime, then I'm going to do that. And I think a lot more mm -hmm. people would too. And that's what you really want from live action anime. It's I'm not to take it. away from yeah. anime <laughs> and just make things from live action. It's to get people to maybe start to consider people who haven't before uh, as anime, as a very enjoyable, viable kind of genre for them to get into. So at the end of the day, I want live action to inspire more love of anime and more anime. Yes. Yeah, that's what we've talked about with the MCU and comics forever. We've had mm -hmm. that argument of that should be a priority of pushing people, not the other way around. Those people yeah. already bought in. Like, <laughs> the, the comics people already bought into the movies. They don't need a reminder in their comic that a film is coming. That's like just stupid to me. So like the other way around is what we need. We need people to tell you in the movies, hey, look at all these great comics that half this stuff is inspired by. And like that, that's the point. Yeah. And so if the yep. anime does that, the anime has managed to, or sorry, the live action show has already done that with me. I am going to watch and I have the perfect springboard now. I already know the the core beats so I can just jump in and move on from here. And I feel like I have momentum and I'm not starting fresh. And it's a lot less intimidating for that reason. So I can now have all this content to watch. And mm -hmm. then when I finish that, I have the manga to like jump into if I really want to keep that. Maybe by then a new season will be announced or something. But, you know, even if I get one season, I don't look at it as in I regret giving like investing my time in that. I just look at, oh, that's a bummer. That sucks. I wanted to see more of that world. Um, but this is really like the first live action anime project that has had this effect. Yeah, uh, I've, I've given some of the other ones shots. And it just, you know, like it's never, never clicked. <laughs> this one, like, has, has com completely clicked. So I hope, like Evan was saying, we it is to a level that Netflix goes, hey, we have some shows that are sunsetting. We have Stranger Things, which, you know, that's been one of their huge cash cows. Uh, that And subscriber cows, right? That's not going to be around after next season. Um, you know, we don't have some of the other ones that we used to have. And so maybe we can invest in this you know, and, mm -hmm. and move forward because we have so much content here. Yeah, uh, I hope so. I mean, mm -hmm. if nothing else, even if this is just one season, I think we have hit a milestone in that from like head of anime, Megan Peters and her review to everybody online. Like, you know, the anime curse has been a real thing in people's mm -hmm. heads, right? That you can't yeah. do good anime adaptations. It's impossible. You can't do it. Well, today we've cracked that glass ceiling. Like, it's been done. We've seen how it's done. It won't be the same formula for every series, but we've seen right. that it can be done. If, as Evan said, everybody in the project is, is aware of, cares for, and invested in the core fundamentals of what made the anime manga appealing in the first place, which is mm -hmm. what One Piece did. They didn't make, like, a dramatic, gritty One Piece. It's as silly and fun and irreverent with heart that the original is. So... Yeah. Again, you can make a good Attack on Titan show on like Netflix or something, but it got to be more than just a green screen with Titan CGI Titans like we got in, in the Japanese film, right? So <laughs> we never, we don't speak of that. No, but that's again, I was referencing that as like, um, I didn't even get to the fourth. There were actually four things I wrote about in the article. And the fourth one was like when they try to do things, but it's such a B movie, poor production value yeah. that it just looks ridiculous. See the Giver movie in the 80s. Um, uh, anyway, Aww. 
Oh. <laughs> Coming back around, it, it's we now know you can do it. So One Piece is the biggest one, but like I now have confidence, more confidence in what Netflix is doing with this last Airbender series. I have more yep. confidence that if you want to do something like Demon Slayer, like we can get a Demon Slayer series that will be done in like four seasons if you really want to talk TV shows and pacing. Like I think these things can happen in a good way. And so live action anime seems like a more viable lane now than it did even a year ago. So that's a Politics victory. is one. Yeah. yeah. That's a big victory. Yeah. We were saying that when Blade hit, right? All takes yeah. is one. It was like, oh yeah, that makes it more credible. Yep. When X-Men came in, oh, that makes it more credible. Like all it takes is one to get the ball rolling. And then typically, you know, people start looking at what that one did right. And then building off of that. And that's, you know, eventually most people catch on, you know, you still have your B movies and stuff. We still have bad superhero movies, Morbius, but like, <laughs> but, but like, you know, we got a lot of good ones, you know, and, and the ratio starts to pick up in the right direction. So hopefully that's the case here too. Yeah. All right. I, I think we did. Does anybody have any final parting thoughts, Evan, any, any gems of knowledge, anime knowledge uh, you want to lay down? Go watch One Piece. Even if you don't, even if you don't know about the original anime, like this is, I, I think that like one of the biggest hurdles that One Piece always had was its sheer um, scope and size. It's, yeah, its sheer size, how big it was. People were scared off. I know I was originally. I was scared off of like you know, close to a thousand episodes at the time, but this. This Netflix's take on it is kind of like an amazing introduction to the world. And if we, as, as both of you said, if this is the only thing that we get, it's an amazing way to introduce people to the rest of the world that they can like, don't, don't be sad. You can, you can still follow Luffy and the straw hats. There's, there's decades of storied stories to follow after this you know fingers crossed this gets a second season but like give this a try even if you're even if you you know aren't a fan of anime um this this is kind of like a perfect introduction to this world and it's the characters the environments everything clicks everything works it's not it's not dragon ball evolution it's not cowboy bebop it's its own thing uh give it a give it a chance it's it'll you'll be surprised all right thank you evan and shout out to the entire comicbook.com anime team who has been on top of this show the regular one piece manga and anime and all a whole bunch of other stuff so go be sure to check out their work and uh bookmark their page because yeah i think uh we got one of the best anime teams around so be sure to check that all oh, out thank you <laughs> and this will do it for this bonus round episode if you're just getting into comic book nation because you were coming to talk or listen to us talk about one piece be sure to subscribe to our youtube page comic book all one word ba uh, pff, i just messed up my own promotion it's youtube.com comic book all one word dash nation or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms comic book all one word nation and be sure to follow all of us. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at EV Comedy. That'll do it for our bonus round show. Our regular shows are every Friday live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So be sure to join us there where we cover all things geek culture. 
not just these things we like to take out and spotlight on our bonus rounds. This is Comic Book Nation. We hope you guys have a good Labor Day weekend, end of summer, and watch some One Piece. See you out there. Peace.